We continue the gospel presentation this morning by coming to the gospel of Luke, chapter 1. I invite you to stand for the reading. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, and why Is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to come. Amen. Please be seated. The day after I totaled the family car growing up, and you can hear that story if you want to go to our uh, 5 o'clock service last week on YouTube, but I want to talk about the day after. The day after I told the family car, I was in eighth grade, I wasn't driving the car, by the way. It was in our family shop at the time. It's a long story. Uh, But let's just say for some reason my dad didn't want me to come to the family business the next day. (laughs) And so I was at home innocently hanging out with a friend, and we were watching television together. And the television... Uh, which feels about as big as uh, this pulpit or the altar, right, back then, had actual tubes in it, which is, by the way, some of you might be wondering why, how we got the name YouTube. That's where it came from, tubes in the television, right? And the picture wasn't quite right. So I decided, not unlike the day before, I thought I'd be helpful, And there was this little screw on the back of the television, and above it it said, fine tuning. Now, little did I know you weren't supposed to take a steel screwdriver to that screw. So when I inserted the screwdriver into that screw, and my buddy watched the picture to see if I was getting the right image, uh, and I felt a little something go through that screwdriver, and then I heard a sound that sounded something like, poof. And then I smelt a burning smell, and, uh, and my friend, who was keeping an eye on the screen for me, said, yeah, the picture went black. So I called my mom at work, and I said, Mom, remember our television? And she said, what do you mean, remember? The effort that I gave to help the family out with the car the day before and the effort I gave to help the family television the next day uh, resulted in about the same result. And ironically, you and I, we keep doing the same thing as well. We keep thinking 
that if we just try harder, and try harder doing the same things, by the way, that somehow we will refine and restore humanity. And it keeps coming with the same result. Uh, author speaking about today's text said that the Christian faith is not about our movement toward God, but rather his coming to us. His arrival, as the word Advent means, his coming to us. Inasmuch as God calls us to serve him, human effort will not bring about the restoration of humanity. It takes God and God alone and his spirit moving to do that. As we heard in the prophet Zechariah today, not by might nor by by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Martin Luther put it like this, ironically, in speaking about the book of Genesis. He said, let us go to the child lying in the lap of his mother Mary and to the sacrificial victim suspended on the cross. And there we shall look into his heart. God came so unexpectedly in such meek and unexpected places. And there we see in his arrival... The very heart of God. Let's go back to God's plan foretold. In Zechariah, God's people had uh, returned to Israel. And you'd think they'd be happy about it, but it was discouraging. The temple had been restored, but not like it been under Solomon. Nowhere near the splendor, it seemed, and it was taking a long time for Jerusalem to get back to normal. Compared to what it was, it was hard for those who were there to imagine it ever being restored. There was discouragement. It seemed like an impossibility. And so the prophet speaks to the governor's Zerubbabel and to the people and gives them this picture of these lamps, these candle wicks, each lamp having seven wicks. And then seven of those, what one scholar called a sort of super menorah. This incredibly bright light, this is the light of the world that comes, and he says now, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. And the promise was for God's people then that he was with them and that it, the restoration, the refinement would take place under his spirit's leading, not their might or power. But the trajectory of Zechariah didn't stop there, as you heard in verse 9 of chapter 9. It was also a trajectory that would take them into the future. That one day, 
all things would be restored when the king would return on a foal of a donkey. The colt, as Jesus did on that first, that first day of Holy Week. It was a promise and a plan that God fulfilled then and would fulfill again in the future. And this Advent, we proclaim the same thing. We proclaim, as the children did beautifully, that Christ has come. And he will come again to finally restore all things. That same movement we remember today as what is impossible for humans is possible for God. And we see that this has happened already in history so we can trust it in our own lives here today. For example, what is impossible in your life to be refined or restored? Is it what you see on the news and in the world? Do you get depressed and wonder how will ever anything be okay again? Or is it in your own personal walk and you're wandering and wondering for a purpose? What's, why am I here? Is it in your family? Are there imperfections and brokenness there? We may not be able to see how his spirit will bring the restoration, but we can trust as we can see through the movement of history and the promises fulfilled, the prophecies fulfilled, like Jesus on that donkey, like that babe in a manger, and ultimately Christ on the cross. You may think it's impossible, and if you think that it's because and a result of your might and power, then you're right. It is impossible. But it's not by your might or power that humanity will be restored. It's by the Spirit of God. As another author put it, the Spirit who spoke by the prophets inhabits the scriptural words to deliver saving knowledge of Christ to us now. Later in Luke's gospel in chapter 24 on the road to Emmaus, Jesus would explain that and show how the prophets and the Psalms all proclaimed his coming and that he was the culmination, the fulfillment of God's plan. His arrival, his coming, Emmanuel, God with us. And we see that in the text in chapter 1 of the very presence of God in Mary's womb. The baby in Elizabeth's womb would leap. John the Baptist, who we heard about a couple weeks ago. And musicians will take note that the word that, that Elizabeth used, scholars tell me, anphoneo, really should be translated in tone. It seems like a strange moment to give us a musical reference, Right? Except that when you understand that that word, particularly when it goes back uh, in its Hebrew form, is a word used for a special purpose when worshiping God at the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was the location, the very presence of God. 
The scripture here is telling us that Mary, her very body, has become the physical ark of the covenant, holding the presence of God. And so we need to sing in tone like we do at the ark of the covenant because it is here. The arrival of God has come. John the Baptist knew he leaped in his mother's womb. The covenant has arrived, the fulfillment, bringing the impossible to the possible, bringing you and I to freedom from our sin that we are so plagued by, not by our might or power or our effort, but by the work of Christ. Hear Luther again from one of his Advent sermons when he says, Therefore, dismiss your own opinion and feelings and think of scriptures as the loftiest and noblest of holy things, as the richest of minds which can never be sufficiently explored in order that you might find the divine wisdom which God lays before you. It's God's arrival that changes everything. We have a promise kept in history so that we can know now that a promise will be kept for you and I. Trust God's plan and restoration in the impossible things in your life and in our world. Dr. Bombaro, a scholar from King's College London and now serving as a a missionary in Latvia, puts it like this. Christians should see in this Advent time a sense of, he calls it a double helix of time and presence. The Advent promises to bring us into that contemplative space that says we are one step closer to the coming of Christ. The fulfillment is at hand because the one who fills all things has come comes and will come again. Are you having trouble seeing it? It's not by your might or power, but by the Spirit who keeps his promises by the Spirit of the Lord. Let God's plan move you and me from the impossible to his possible, from heartache to wholeness, from wandering to purpose, so that we can sing in tone. Not that we can fix it, we'll just keep making a mess of it, but that he can be at work in us and through us so that we can sing the song that Mary's about to sing a couple verses later. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen.